This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. Got to talk some baseball here with Jerry DePoto in just a moment. Brock, let me remind you tonight. Bump and Paul Moyer, oh, 7 o'clock at Bellevue Square Center Court for a live broadcast and a preview of this Sunday's game. Plus a visit by... Will Disley tonight. That's tonight, 7 o'clock, Bellevue Square, Center Court. And this week at Hawks Live, they're giving you a chance to win a ticket to see the Seahawks and the Raiders November 27th. You can learn more at seattlesports.com slash events. Uncle Will, he's having himself a nice little season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that should be uh, that should be pretty And he fun. forgave Mora, by the way. Did I, he? Yeah, I texted him. Yeah. For what? Well, Mora didn't believe that he'd be worth the money. Oh, right. Yes. Because they wouldn't utilize the tight ends, right. to you be fair. Your, she loved Uncle Will. Your, Everybody does. Your but. weak sauce confessions uh-huh. that you guys wow, had that's uh, nice of you to do. earlier earlier this week. That was pretty lame. All right. This hour <laughs> is driven by Waste Scarf Ford. Uh, and, uh, well, we're just waiting. I can see that Jerry's available. He's, he's He and Mora are having a very in-depth conversation to get ourselves, right. get, get get sort of into the he's right He's helping mode. us with the ranks. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you need any help? I understand you and Brock no, are I taking doubt it over it. today. I think Morris probably giving him fantasy advice. That seems to be usually what happens whenever anybody <laughs> hangs on the phone longer than expected. Like, oh, more fantasy he advice was, for Morris. He was getting his coffee order, so he was oh, trying to make right. sure it'd be nice and quiet. Well, for it, nice. So we're all set now. All right. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? What kind of coffee do we have? Good morning. I've got my uh, my Vente Americano with an extra shot, which is probably just what you'd expect. That is my order. Wow. Wow, Jerry, we found common ground after all these years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was destined. Yes, for sure. Hey, uh, can we start here? Um, I, I'm just curious. This is a question I often will ask uh, coaches that I sit down with in the college football world. But you told us, you know, these World Series games are must-see TV, and you set your schedule around it. Tell me what your eyes have seen taking in this, these matchups. I think the you know last night's game in in specific has been it's that's a classic for I've never seen that in my lifetime and there are a few people that have you know it's only the second time that's happened in the World Series where a no hitter was thrown I, I think it's been a good series and you know I, I will admit that probably like many I thought the Astros would would come in you know guns a blazing and it wouldn't be quite this close but I think the Phillies have done an awesome job of holding their lineup down. And, you know, you're seeing what the Phillies do well, which is they hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, you know, when when the Phillies are good, they've got good starting pitching and they hit it out of the yard. And, and you know, last night I think you saw the, the kind of the relentlessness, the depth of the the Astros just doing what they do and and how the 26-man roster they have. It, in, in a four- or seven-game series, it, uh, it, it really does. It, at some point, when you get into the latter half of that, you start to realize how deep the team is. And, and I, I, you know, we, we, we respect them, and we, we know them better than anybody. But it's been really fun to watch. It has. And I, you know, I, w- I won't ask you if you're rooting for one team or the other, but are there players playing in this series that you specifically like watching or just enjoy, you know, the baseball fan in you says, oh, just this guy, when he comes up is must watch TV or anything like that. Well, much to the chagrin of, of our group, I think must watch TV is Jordan Alvarez <laughs> and every bat he takes. It's uh, you know, I feel like he's going to hit it off the moon. You know, it's, you, you turn around and you watch. I do think that the, the quality of the bat that you get from Alex Bregman and, and it's, and it's not, occasional it's if he takes 650 plate appearances in a year you're going to get 600 quality plate appearances he's just so 
steady in the box. And, and, and I can't imagine a guy that, like last night when you come up with the bases loaded and then you're down 0-2 and, and you just take the, the pitch just off the plate and you rifle it to right field. He, he does that better than anybody in the league. And you know, that makes it must watch. And, and frankly, I could watch any of the pitchers that we're watching throughout this series on both sides. The, the stuff is just so overwhelming that it, it's entertaining. And that's, that's why you watch baseball, to see the best players play. How does a former major league pitcher like yourself take in John Smoltz? Do you sit there on the couch like I do? Well, you don't because I don't know baseball and I'm mesmerized as an analyst, right? I I do the job on the football side of how he sees it, how he calls it, what he would do, how consistently like he's on so many of these things. Or are you sitting there as a pitcher going, no, John, I wouldn't do that. Uh -uh. Uh Uh-uh, John, nope, nope. I actually know these Astros inside and out. Nope, nope, don't do that. How do you take in his just really detailed and at times super projection uh, analysis? You know, first of all, I think it's pretty interesting. Every time that I hear John reference the the World Series, and and I think about this a lot. I I played against Smoltz my whole career, and he was an awesome pitcher, Cy Young Award winner, Hall of Famer. I had had the best slider, you know, of, of my generation. And when he starts talking about the World Series and references it as, you know, when you're in the World Series, I think to myself, well, <laughs> there's very few people have more experience being on the biggest stage than John Smoltz does. And he excelled at that. And I think his foresight, his preparation is good. I like listening to Smoltzy. And sometimes it gets a little old school and, and he, he doesn't, he resists what's happening with kind of modern bullpen usage. But I think by and large, the analysis that you get is almost always spot on and coming from a place of experience. Jerry, uh, just to turn it back to your team for a few minutes here. Have you thought about what a full, I mean, you probably have, but what does a full season of a now veteran Julio Rodriguez look like? But, but I would guess something like 162 games, slightly more uh, elevated than what we just saw. <laughs> it's, it's hard to project much more than, than the pace that Julio set. You know, I, if, if you look back on it from a, from a metric, you know, war standpoint, I, Julio was, was tracking a six-win season, which is, you know, that's rare air. You, know, you get into that zone and you are a, you're an MVP candidate and, you know, those are the perennial MVPs, the guys that are putting up that type of, of you know, seasonal value, but I, I really wouldn't put anything past him. I, I think, you know, the power speed element that he brings to the table is unique. I do think that, you know, like we watched over the years with, with Mike Trout and maybe some others that, you know, for a big guy who's playing center field every day and, and is a power, you know, source of power for your lineup, I do think that the likelihood that Julio continues to be, you know, a dynamic, you know, 25, 35 base stealer is unlikely you'll see that you know regress but as that regresses i think you'll see the home run total start to increase and 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 maybe that'll take it i I guess it'll be a little easier on his body and then the 162 game schedule is is actually something we'll realize whereas this year we had some some fits and breaks with small little knickknacks and injuries it's uh, super fun, Jerry. The hot stove league. I, I can see the wood, man. It's in the corner. It, it's getting ready uh, with the kindling and everything else to go in the uh, to go in the fireplace pretty soon in that stove and start heating up. Uh, today's November third. Can you give us a couple of the very near 
um, next steps? Is it the qualifying offer? Is it the GM meetings beginning next week? What is what is next before the stove gets real hot? You know, I, I'm down in Arizona right now at the in Peoria. We're watching our fall league team. Got to see a wonderful day of Mariners minor leaguers yesterday with Brian Wu and Juan Ben and Jorge Benitez and Adam Mako in the fall league. But uh, you know, the next on the, the the burner, so to speak, is the GM meeting start on Monday in Las Vegas, and and that's when we'll really get it kicking into gear with the transactional talk. Uh, that's the first time we'll sit down with agents, provided the World Series is over, and and uh, and have the initial, I guess, foray into free agency. And we've already begun uh, between Justin and myself and a couple of guys in the office. We have uh, vetted the league and, and have a pretty good feel for who we might match up with and, and trade. And and you know, then lo and behold, we get to Thanksgiving and then immediately into the winter meetings when somewhere between Monday and Christmas, the bulk of the offseason tends to play out, especially for us. Hmm. Hey, you mentioned something last week that surprised me a little bit, and and I was thinking about it later. And even when you just said about some of the you know the modern changes in the game, when, when you were talking through next year for the Mariners, you mentioned batting average as being something you would like to see improve. And it's you know batting average has obviously gotten kind of a bad name in the last fifteen years or so. What 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 caused you to to use that stat of all others in terms of something you'd like to see improve next year? I think a couple of things. One, it's low-hanging fruit. You know, it's, it's not something that we did particularly well, and it's an area where we can improve. We do generally put the ball in play uh, at, on an average scale you know, based on the league around us. And and while this year we hit for a lower average, I do think that, that simply focusing on average is probably not wise, but using average in a broader context as we go into the first season where the, the shifting rules have been altered – I think is pretty relevant. You know, as, as we watch two infielders stand on each side of second base and they've got to have, you know, feet on the dirt, et cetera, it, I do think that batting average is going to, to rise in baseball be, simply because the defense changes. changes. And, and therefore, I think it's, a, you know, it's, it's low-hanging fruit as a small goal. Hey, think about where, what you're doing in the batter's box. And, and it's so easy to get caught up in the three true outcomes and the, the elevate and celebrate. And that's generally how we've played offense. But I do think there's a, a chance for us to do something more interesting in keeping the game moving. You know, with some of those rule changes, Jerry, the, the bigger bases as well, uh, the shifts that you mentioned there, as you guys project and forecast, right, as you and Justin and the entire team tries to, to map out the rest of the league and, and what this will look like over the next couple months, do you expect it to be more aggressive? Do you expect free agency or that trade market, in, in particular because of some of these rule changes, to be impacted in one way or the other? Yeah, I haven't really thought about how it might impact free agency. You know, it is – I do think you're going to see a more active brand of baseball. You know, it, it, the, 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 the constant movement on the field that comes from, you know, the ball being sprayed around. I don't think we're going to go back to the years of – you know, double plus runners who slap it around and, and, and get leg hits and, and you know we're, we're not going to see 10 15 triples a year from multiple hitters but I do think you'll see a more active game in that way and in terms of base stealing you know I think uh, we are generally I, typically we get out of the shoots pretty quick and in, in, in how we run and then we slow down as the season starts to move and, and 
that's simply to take it easier on guys' bodies as you get going. But, you know, as, as you get younger and you do put the ball in play more, and now with the bigger bases that, in theory, give us the opportunity to steal more bases, I think you'll see it. We want to be more aggressive and always have, so we'll try. Well, the whole scat back model that Scott referenced, is that something that we could see more of? And I don't just mean seeing more of the two guys who played that role, but will we see more players like them uh, have an increased role, not just for your team, but maybe even throughout baseball? You know, I, I, we've seen more of them in the draft in recent years, and a lot of it is is trying to project how many of them will make it through the minor leagues and, and get to the big leagues. And, and the biggest thing is just the, how hard they hit the ball. That's a, for a lot of the young players, especially the guys that are the, the seven and eight runners on, on the scouting scale, which is the top of our scale. You know, those guys who are seven and eight runners can change the game. You know, the Terrence scores, you know, if you remember back when we had Gerard Dyson, and, and you just always have your, your eye on that player. But you have to be able to be competent in the batter's box and, and, and have some strength in your bat to survive the long season. And uh, that's where you run into it because so often, you know, the players that run at that end of the scale lack the power to, to manage their way through, you know, even a role player's type of season. So uh, I don't think we're going to see too many Herb Washingtons down the road, but <laughs> I do think that we'll see – we will see more activity, especially in, in terms of your role or utility players, because there's such an advantage when you can get guys like Sam Haggerty or Dylan Moore to go out there and disrupt the game. And the good thing for us is they bring enough impact with the bat to be able to, to do that over 162 game season. Uh, Jerry, you spent a bunch of years in a, in a bullpen, so you know that lefties are just kind of different, right? We see the world differently. I would have been a very weird lefty in the bullpen. That just would have been, uh, I think, my game. Uh, had I continued to play baseball. So I'm going to ask you kind of a couple weird left-handed questions, if you don't mind. If you could swap with any player on the Mariners roster right now and what they're doing in their offseason, their exotic travels, uh, who is having the most fun, if you swapped and they're sitting there watching Fall League Baseball and doing projections and everything else, and you could live their life, which of the current Mariners right now mm. is having the time of their life uh, you know, getting away from baseball? I bet there's a couple of them, but I, I think the easy layup one for me on that one is going to be Julio. <laughs> you know, if, if for a day, I'll, I'll be Julio. If given my choice, it's, uh, he's he's young, he's fun. There's there's the world's in front of him. He's coming off a fabulous year, and you know, it's a I I can't imagine a day that he's not having fun this off season. And it's, a, it's I know who he's working out with over the course of his winter down in the Tampa area, and it's a. He's, he's going to have fun, and I, I, I'd like to, to live in that, that world for a day. It's weird. I could just picture a Eugenio going from, like, Fiji to New Zealand <laughs> to Australia, just le- leaving his watch somewhere. I don't know. I just Maybe I'm way wrong on that. Now, on the flip side of it, who's the guy that you have to kick out of that facility and say, listen, give your body a break. Give baseball a break. Are there a guy or two that you know the minute, you know, the second hand strikes, they can be right back there in Peoria and get back to the grind the quickest that you need to say, hey, no, 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 no. You've got to give yourself a break. You know, historically, we have more than a handful of those guys. I, I would say on our current team, the guy who's most prone to that has been Jared Kelnick. And you know, I, I do, one thing I am really encouraged by is I think this season, 
he's developed a plan to do less of that and maybe give himself a little bit more of a break, you know, both physically and, and, and mentally, which I think is just the, the right tonic for him and, and maybe where he is in his development. But that's, that's an easy one. And I do think that's an area where he's, he's growing and, and he's making the adjustments of professional baseball life. Hey, he even said that um, in the in the clubhouse immediately following the last game. Like, hey, I'm going to get away. I, I, I'm going to not think about baseball for a little while and just go find some other stuff to do. So, hey, you know, Jerry, you said another thing you said last week um, was that you were a draft, develop, and trade organization. And I was thinking about, look, I think we understand the draft as much as, as we can. Trades make sense. We know what that is. But development is still probably something that we as a, as a baseball watching public don't fully have a, a great grasp on. What does it mean to develop? What does it mean to be a great development organization? You know, it, uh, this brings us full circle to where the conversation started. It's a, it's watching what the Astros do, you know, tell me the last premium free agent, the Astros went out and signed in, in this six, eight year run that they've been on. You know, and, and when they started this, their pitching rotation looked something like, you know, Dallas Keuchel and Charlie Morton and, and Colin McHugh and, and friends. And now it's, it's a number of guys that they came, that came through their system. And Javier and Luis Garcia and, and Framber Valdez. It's, when I say draft and develop and trade, the develop part of that mechanic is that we, I think 30 teams all have a, a different flavor and how they scout but most teams can identify you know good young players the teams that separate themselves are the are those who build out processes and educational plans and and skill development and strength gain uh, you know holistic development that allows a, a player to go from you know that 18 or 21 year old that you signed or in some cases in latin america the 16 year old and and get to the major leagues and show up looking like that they do when they're 21 and 23 and 25. And, and, and I think we have done that very well. And, and when I look at the best teams in baseball and the, and, and that's present day and that's when Smolty was playing and that's when Mickey Mantle was playing, the best teams in baseball excelled in that area. And when you looked at the players on the field, that's, that's what creates sustainability is that type of constant flow. And that, you know, it's, I guess it doesn't make the, the hot stove chatter as much fun because it requires restraint to build a roster that way, and, and I think it's it's important to do that. Well, it leads me to a question that I've asked Coach Carroll the last few weeks, Jerry, and that is how many Bruce Irvins are out there? Bruce Irvin was sitting on his couch in Atlanta, and then two weeks later he's playing 48 snaps, difference-making snaps for the Seahawks. How many Christian Javiers are out there? There's a picture floating around last night on the social media realms of him in 2020 in the Dominican getting some, some practice in just on a, on a trail, right? Getting, getting some work in. And how many, how many Christian Javiers are there in Latin America that have that kind of, of talent that can, well, like last night, throw a no hitter through six innings in the World Series? You know, well, while what he did last night was extraordinary, there are Christian Javier's out there, and that's that's why we scout globally the way we do. And you know, credit where it's due. I think Oz DeCampo, who ran the Astros international program for a number of years, uh, the the way they were able to procure pitching talent at the lowest level of international baseball. You know, 
they went out and, and they found guys who were under the radar in an already under the radar sector of the game. And, and I, I think in a two-year period, you know, they signed Christian Javier and Framber Valdez and, and Brian Abreu and Luis Garcia. And even if you remember Johan Ramirez, our, our guy, we, we had all of those guys came in a two-year period. And I, to be able to procure that type of talent at that cost and, and for it all to show up and flourish the way it has is just phenomenal. And, and I think we've done our fair share of that, though we've tended to do that more in the later rounds of the draft with pitching than we have internationally. But we've done quite well internationally hitting on our targets there as well. But there, there are plenty out there. Mm. Jerry, last week we went uh, restaurant review. Uh, this I know you're down in in Arizona, so we're not we won't spend as much time on restaurants down there. Uh, but how about cooking? What 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 what? Give me something. What's the best thing you've cooked in the last week or so? Jerry, it's about Jerry Deboto's go to. If yeah. Salk and I, oh, and Justin, yeah, we're coming for dinner tonight down in Arizona, and wow. you have time to prep and get everything you want. You put out your A game. What is your A meal on the plate? Wow. I, I, I don't know about the A meal. I do know that at home, one of the things that we did a handful of years ago, uh, this was my wife and I celebrated our 30th anniversary. So we, we bought ourselves a pizza oven. And uh, before I came down, we, we've had the, like our scouting draft party at the house where we blow out the pizza oven and everybody has fun and takes the day off. And, and uh, we had our, our pizza oven day before I shot down here to, to Arizona. And my younger daughter is a vegetarian, so I had to be creative in what we were making. And and uh, I I made a a blue cheese and fig yeah. pizza that yeah. was a uh, I mean was it was a knockout. It was yeah. uh, it was it was tough to beat, and mm-hmm. the the caramelization on the cheese was just right. Got mm-hmm. the the crust. Mm-hmm. There, I feel like I nailed it, and mm. and I do. I, I I have I have received. Far more comments on my pizza making ability wow. than on my uh, than on my roster building. <laughs> now is this a a full bar was low? Bar was low. Is, oh. is this a full giant pizza oven, or did you go with one of those umis that 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 are you know sort of fit in the house? No, we we put a, we put a full giant pizza oven in the backyard, you know, oh, adjacent yeah. to the house. Wow! Oh, yeah. Picked it up in Bellingham and installed it back there, and it becomes a it's, it's like a, a social gathering place in the backyard yeah. for. For a group of people, and, and I think it's awesome. Wow. All right. That sounds pretty good. That's real good. All right. So we're going to have to figure out an invitation yeah. over to the DePoto's house this summer. We'll, I think bring, we'll bring the ingredients. Right. I think I know where this is going. Maybe throw a little prosciutto on that. I can see where this goes. Jerry, uh, have fun down in Arizona watching the kids, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me.